Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. I want to start out uh, today asking you a couple questions. Just asking you some questions. Um, These are questions that I come up with. I know that... um, uh, we got a few weeks before the new year, and so I would encourage you, come next week. We're going to have uh, two sermons. We're going to start a new sermon series called uh, um, Enjoying Christmas, and so um, I-, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to dive into some some perspectives that we should be carrying during the season. Um, here's a few questions. Do you believe that God has deeper friendships for you in 2020. Do you believe that? Come on. You're going to have to work with me now. Come on. This is the more lively group, right? Do you believe that God wants you to financially increase in 2020? So I knew I'd get some amens on. Holla at your boy. Do you believe that God wants to heal some family relationships in 2020? Come on. Do you believe that there's a specific assignment, come on, for you to accomplish in 2020? Come on. Do you believe the Dallas Cowboys can win the Super Bowl? No. No. (laughs) Listen, it's been rough. It's been rough because the Hogs and the Cowboys, I'm just telling you, we've been having a lot of prayer at my house. Uh, Man, I'm hoping you, you, you answer yes. I'm hoping that you, there's something in you that no matter how hard it is, how tough it looks, or how much you've been winning, you know, maybe you come through a great season of winning. You got the job you wanted, you know what I'm saying? You got the uh, house you wanted, you got the, the, whatever it is, the next thing, you, you like you're winning. The kids, your kids are doing good in school. Um, you, you're winning. You're like, I'm doing good. But I still believe there's something more, come on, for you in your life, and if your answer is yes and you have some expectation for this next year, you know, a lot of people don't set expectation because that they, if they don't meet it, they won't feel bad. But I'm telling you, I believe that God works on expectation. I believe that expectation is the primary instigator, motivator of what God wants to do. And so if you can't expect him to change anything, he probably won't. We would call that faith, faith. Like I'm believing that God, come on, is going to do something. And so if you answered yes to any of those questions, here is what I'm going to ask you. What are you willing to give? What are you willing to give? See, the secrets to generous living, and that's what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, is giving starts multiplication. Giving starts multiplication. God doesn't multiply before we give. Listen to what I'm saying. God doesn't multiply before we give. Multiplication always happens after giving. Peter is in the boat. If you want to see a greater revelation of who God is, you want to see God actively move in your life, you've got to step out of the boat. It's not like God do it and then I'll come. It's like you come and I'll do it. 
Well, I want God to transform my family and we'll go to church. No, baby, you come, come on, does that make sense? You start renewing your mind. You start taking some notes. You start growing. You, you become teachable. See, the idea of teachability is I can learn what I think I already know. The idea is that I believe that once I begin to give myself to something, that if I give, multiplication will happen. And it's a secret to generosity that a lot of people, if you would take time to think about it, you would say, okay, of course. I've seen this secret play out in my life. Come on. I gave my wife a ring. And we multiplied. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We multiply, had four kids. I multiply, I got a family. Does that make sense? Gave a ring, got a family. It doesn't matter what it is. Even in my finances, when I began to open up a capacity to begin to start giving, not only did it open up my own capacity, but I began to start affecting other people. Giving, giving. When you begin to give yourself, maybe you have a talent. I'm sure you do. I mean, some of you are like, I don't even know what it is. What's time right now that you start learning? What is your talent? Maybe it's administration. Maybe you're great with people. Maybe you love music. I don't know what it is. But when you begin to give yourself in anything, it begins to start. Come on, does that mean multiply? I remember when I was in junior high, I wasn't much of a reader. And my dad said, I will pay. I went to my dad's for the summer. And he said, I will pay you $100 if you will finish Cat in the Hat. It's a tough book. <laughs> I didn't get it done. I mean, I mean he was like, I put the $100 on the, on, the, on the table, and he was like, all you have to do is finish this book. And I was like, I can't. Somebody write me words. <laughs> it was like, and I, and I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And so it began this thought process in my mind because of school, because of rejection, because of ADHD, because of all this, I did not want to invest in anything, come on, listen, that I thought I wasn't good at. And so I just made it in my mind, I'm not a reader and I'm not gonna read. I can make it through life and not reading. But here's the issue, is I remember getting challenged by a leader in my life when I got out of college and um, I was actually in college, and he said, listen, if you don't apply yourself, you cannot multiply. And I was like, okay. And so I remember, listen, I went, even now, if you were to look at my books, every word that I don't know, I circle it, I find the phonetic spelling, and I look up the word so that I know how to use it. And I've been doing that for almost 20 years. Because here's the idea, you cannot multiply in areas you won't give yourself to. You've got to be, come on, a giver. We've seen giving all throughout the kingdom. There, the, God is a God of multiplication. Think about this, creation. Let's talk about this, seed, time, harvest. There is this idea that in creation, it was the whole context of creation was so that it would further and it would expand. Listen, in man is seed, in woman is egg. Listen, I, I'm not trying, our culture gets really political about things that shouldn't be political. At our church, we love and value anybody, no matter what walk of life or background or brokenness they've come out of, but we cannot reinvent what works. God set everything up, listen, to work. 
to work. Man, woman, coming together. I, you can get a, a daddy goat and a daddy goat, and you're not making no baby goats. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe we've all, I'm just saying, lived in apartments, but I, I'm just saying, like, on the farm, anybody had cats? You're like, dear Lord, come on. I'm not being political, and I'm not saying, because I agree with God's order doesn't mean I'm against people. That's narrow. That's narrow thinking. The truth is God created everything. Even a flower has pollen and it creates, it creates. And so in creation, we see multiplication and we see, listen, seed, time, harvest. In, in, in the covenant, God, all God wanted was a family. That's all God wanted. And so God created Adam and Eve to walk with them in the cool of the day. And God wanted to be in with, with them, connected to them. And so they reasoned in their mind and they rebelled. And so God established a way for them to be covered. Listen. And God started this plan where I want to be around my children. All I want is a family. And so they can carry the Ark of the Covenant because I want to be around my people. No, you know what? I want to be in the midst of my people. Have them build a temple. You know what? No, I don't want to build, be just in the midst of my people and build a temple. I'm going to send Jesus to walk among them. You know what? That's not enough. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, listen, to be in them because God has had this active plan that he has always wanted. Wanting to build, come on, family. The covenant wasn't just open to Jewish people. It's open to you, regardless of background, regardless of how much you make, regardless of IQ. God wants to have a covenant relationship with you. Think about the gospel. When Jesus showed up, there was multiplication. He began to give. What did he give? He gave him. He gave the kingdom. He gave God. He began to say, here is my father. Here is my father. What you hear me say is the father. And he began to give. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. What did he give? He gave life. And here's the deal. When he began to give life, people were like walking places to just be around him. He would show up in a house and there was no room in the house. That's what happens when life shows up. He gets in a boat and people are like hiking around the, the sea. Where, there he is. It's like, like why? Because I want to be where life is. Jesus began to give. Life began to grow. That's the gospel. Then in Acts, we see the Holy Spirit falling. And what happens next? Churches are planted. Equipping is happening. Discipleship, come on, listen, help me, is happening. And now people are serving and giving and growing and making space and disciples. And, and there's this idea that God is a God of multiplication. Multiplication. We're going to read a familiar passage today. It's Jesus feeding the 5,000. And um, a, a lot of sermons have been preached on this. But I think that it's going to help us to understand what God's part and plan is for our life. I don't know if you know this, but this is the only story that's in all four of the Gospels. It's the only story that's in all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the reason is, is because I believe that God is showing us something about, about him. Let's turn there. John chapter 6, verse 2. John chapter 6, verse 2. And, and we're going to read this real quick. Um, let's see. You got it? You good? You good? Everybody good? Okay. You're, you're just like, I got it. I'm looking up. 
Come on, get your phone out. You might hear something. This is really good. All right, look at John chapter 6. After this, Jesus went his way to the other, to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Let's go to 2. A large crowd followed him, and because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick, Jesus went up on the mountain. There he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes, he saw a large crowd coming toward him. Jesus said to Philip, where are we going to get bread so that all these people can eat? He said this to test him. He said this to test him. He said this to what? Come on, help me. Test him. We talked a little bit about this last week. I would encourage you to go back and get, get that podcast. But um, uh, there will be tests. There will be tests. Not because God is wanting to uncover you, but he's wanting you to realize what's working inside you. What's working? What's going on in you? Look at this. He said, where are we going to feed these people? And it says here in verse 6, this was a test because he already knew what he would do. He already knew what he would do. Can I tell you something? When you get that, that news, when you get that Facebook message, when you get that nasty text, come on, when you have that moment, God's not up there going, dang it, dang it. Oh, you missed my whole plan. Like, like, like God already knows what he's going to do. Listen to what I'm saying. God already knows what he's going to do. We are in a, 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 an economy here that just like that, there could be layoffs. Just like that, things could happen. Just like that, things can shift. But here's what I want you to know is that God is never surprised because he sees it coming. He sees it coming. He's, on, he's in a position where he's seeing it coming and he's asking a question to find out what's going on in his disciples, his leaders. Hey, how do y'all perceive this? What are you thinking about this? And he already knows what he's going to do. With you, he already knows what he's going to do. Look at this. Philip answers and says, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to even have a little bit. In other words, we're going to spend a lot of money and they're only going to get like communion. That's a little bit. That's a little bit. One of the other disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, uh, there is a boy with five barley loaves, two fish, uh, but what is that with so many? In other words, listen, I found a Hebrew Happy Meal, but uh, this ain't really going to do a lot. It's like a snack pack. Okay. That, that, I don't think we're going to get that far. Look at this. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there is much grass in this place. And so, man, Jesus even care about the grass. I, I'm just saying, is that fun? Y'all ever read the Bible and laugh? Like, why is there, like, why is that like an important part of a detail? There's grass here. So when they sit, they're comfortable. We're not going to sit on rock. We're not going to sit on dirt. There's grass here. Something's growing here. I'm going to have you sit where it's growing. Stop. Don't just read the Bible. Get in it. You have to ask yourself, if this is God's word and everything in this word is true and holy and everything in this, this word is something that God wants us to know, then there are no fillers. Everything means something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Look at this. I mean, some of y'all are like, this is taking a long time. I know, I'm so excited. 
Jesus, uh, let's see, Jesus said, have the people sit down in the grass. <laughs> and they sat down about 5,000 in number. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. Those who were seated. You stand and you don't get none. You can sit in the grass. And I'm bringing you all all over here, but sit in the grass. See, here's the deal. There's a lot of authority here. There's a lot of order here. See, see for something to multiply, there has to be order. Nothing happens just because. Look at this. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this indeed is the prophet who has come into the world. Here's the deal. I want to break down just a few thoughts real quick as, as we talk here. In chapter 5, we see Jesus talking to the paralyzed man. There, there, there are these um, paralytics that are... Um, at the pool of Bethesda and they have not gone into the water and they're waiting for someone to give. It's funny because we, we begin to enter this dialogue with Jesus where here is a bunch of people waiting to get their healing and they won't give. They're waiting for someone else to do it. They're waiting for someone else to move them in. They're waiting for someone else to take the lead. They're waiting for someone else to show up. They're waiting for someone else to start the life group. They're waiting for somebody else. See, I want my healing. I'm around it, but I'm waiting. Come on, listen, for someone else to do it. Come on, help me. Jesus, you will always find him in the middle of, listen to this, the hopeless and the hungry. Jesus is always working in the middle of the hopeless and the hungry. Church, can I tell you that no matter how much we grow, I want to tell you that I hope that we never grow past those two people. Because hopeless, hurting people mean, come on, that we are outstretched. We are bringing people in. It doesn't matter if you, you think like us, act like us, look like us. It doesn't matter. Come on, there. we want to give you a message, listen, that will change your whole life. And there are a lot of people hopeless. They thought it was going to be the degree. They thought it was going to be the money. They thought it was going to be the marriage. They thought it was going to be the move. They thought it was going to be, and guess what? They found out it's not. They thought it was going to be all that, and they're in a position where they don't know where to give what God has given them, and they don't want to give because they've been rejected, and they're hopeless. The other side is the people who are hungry. Come on, I want to do something. I'm ready to follow God. I'm ready to step out. I don't even know my gifts, but I'm ready to do something. Come on, I believe what God would use if we just said, I'll do whatever you want me to do, we would, our life would be changed. But instead, we come up with these, well, I don't have time, and I don't have the capacity, and I don't have this, and I'm really over. And so we don't do anything, and we're frustrated in our life because there's no outlet to giving, which there is no outlet for multiplication. Come on, does this make sense? There will always be hungry and, and, and hurting. There will always be hopeless and hungry. And let me just tell you, if you're in this place today and you are in a season of hopelessness or you are spiritually malnourished, do not leave without letting the Spirit of God touch your life. Because if you are born, listen to what I'm saying, and you're here because you are born, there is a plan and a purpose and a destiny and an assignment on your life 
regardless of what has happened. God is a redeemer. God is a redeemer. Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Come on, is your heart hard? Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Pain always pursues the presence. Why were they pursuing Jesus? Because they had a need. They had a need. Pain pursued. Listen, I would rather have a church of people that are working towards something and making it. Listen, all of our pain is, is different. Does that make sense? Some people's pain is I'm making a transition. I don't know what to do. Some people's pain is I'm dealing with a, 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 a family member. Some people's pain is I'm trying to make a decision. I'm, well, it doesn't matter what it is, but that pain should not remove you from God's presence. It should lead you into seeking truth that will ultimately change your life. People were coming. Why? Because Jesus had something attractive. See, there's this idea that in every believer, we need you to be discipled. We need you to find freedom. We need you to grow because people are looking at you. And come on, can I just tell you, can, can I go real for five seconds? You're okay? Come on, y'all help me. Can I go real for five seconds? Your post should be different if you're a believer. Well, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the old covenant. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, okay, listen, I'm not saying that if you post that and you're techie, that you're going to hell. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that probably you're not going to be able to minister to some folk. And so now there can be no multiplication of your assignment because now, <laughs> come on, somebody. I don't have to get real up here on Facebook and let the whole world know how mad and frustrated I am at my boss. Where have we come in the last 10 years? I like husband and wives having a fight over Facebook. Can you believe what he did? No, I didn't. You did. I'm like, hold up. Listen, the idea is there should be something in you that is different, attracting. People should see God moving in your life and want to, listen, come on, help me, be a part of that. I believe that your gift draws people. It draws people. We see Jesus going up the mountain, sitting with his disciples, and I think that's very important for all of you who serve. All of you who serve. We love you. And we're grateful for you, but you got to have a time where you pull away, you get up the mountain. And let me tell you something. If you don't have time to get away and get up the mountain, you are going to dry out. And we've learned some things over the last three years is that no matter how excited you are when you first begin, if you're not filling up, you're going to dry out. And I'm telling you, listen, for us to grow and be the church that God, look at me, has called us to be you're going to have to go buy the gas tank. You're going to have to fill up. We had coal at our house the other day. He got a new car. The car's special. Never had a car like his when I was his age. Mustang, looking good. No matter how beautiful that car is, if it's out of gas, it's on the side of the street. 
You know what I'm saying? The idea is this. As we begin to grow, you're going to have to dig down. And listen, you're going to have to, listen, we don't want you to pray, read your Bible, and listen to a podcast because that's religion. We want you to fuel your spiritual tank so you have something to give. Does this make sense? And so we're asking you to come on, come on, come on, play the little worship song. We're asking you to take your moment. We're asking you to, to, to dive in because what you have to give, listen, is so vital for the kingdom of God. Andrew and Philip both, when they were asked, how are we going to make this happen? Both of them couldn't figure it out. Philip, I don't know if he was an accountant, but he definitely was like, spreadsheet, Google. We don't have enough. Come on. When God asks you to do something, the first thing that's going to happen in your life is, I don't have enough. I don't have enough margin. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough. Listen, I remember when Katie and I got married. I was already in ministry. I was running life, and I was, I was stupid. I'm going to just tell you, and for those of you who know me, don't amen right now. Listen, listen. But here's the idea is that, listen, here's what I actually thought. I actually thought this. Well, I'm not stopping ministry for anybody, and if she wants to come, she's going to have to catch up to me. And we broke up because she was like, hold up. We ain't riding in separate cars here. You're going to have to slow down. Let me in, and we're going to start doing this together. So we broke up for like six, seven months. Teach her. Six months and seven months later, I'm hey. <laughs> so what you doing? <laughs> I stopped my car. <laughs> this idea, listen, come on, help me, is that a lot of times we just see limitations. When God says do something, we're like Philip or we're like Andrew. Well, here, it's just this. It's, this is obviously not enough. This is obviously not special. This, this is obviously not good. And so we think there's no way. We only look at the facts. We look at the crowd. We look at the resources. Come on, we look at the people. But we never look to the Lord. We never look to the Lord. Come on, church. Can I ask you this? Don't be so limited in your thinking that you can be in the very presence of Jesus and act like he's powerless. They never, the dialogue was not, come on, because honestly, come on, I have a 14-year-old, so there are days when I set my son up, and I want him to be like, Father, with your awesome, infinite wisdom, what should I do in this decision He don't ever do that, ever. And I, you, this may surprise you, but I have a thought about everything. Come on, parents, hello? I have a thought about everything. Come on. Philip and Andrew never thought, okay, you got a plan. I know you do. I know you saw him coming. What's up? I mean, you've kind of done this before. Like, I know a miracle. We're going to pop something out. What are we going to do? Hey. Nothing. We don't do it. We can't have it. Tell them to go away. We can't feed them. Nobody. We can't grow. We can't start another service. We can't add more leaders. We can't do this. We can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. Come on. The crazy thing is people look to friends. They look to an ex. They look to a boss. They look to a job. 
and all they find is limits. I love that Jesus, when he got the sack lunch, he began to tell the people to prepare. Prepare. People of faith, if you are a believer, what are you preparing in faith right now, believing that God is going to do it? What are you preparing? Come on, listen, listen, listen. In the middle of a broken marriage, you need to be preparing. In the middle of rebellious teens, come on, you need to be preparing. In the middle of financial stress, I wish somebody could help me. You need to be preparing. Stop acting like I'll do it when it comes and be a giver. Come on, does that make sense? Why? I said this earlier. Order always precedes multiplication. Jesus told them to sit down. In Mark chapter 6, verse 40, it says that they sat down in ranks. Listen to this, 150. Man, I can imagine that that's when it's got hard. Like we expected God to do something, but now you're telling us what to do. Come on, you ever, ever been in a church? It's great the three times that you visit, and then they tell you, we want you to go through framework. And tell me not to down. Come on. We, we, we ask you to serve. We ask you to come. We ask you to do. We ask. And so here's the thing is that before, listen, God multiplied it, he had to divide it. See, a lot of times in our life, the multiplication is being hung up because there's things that God wants to move. There's things that God wants to shift. There's things that God wants to do. Come on, does that make sense? There must be order before there's multiplication. Come on, you want your marriage to have multiplication? Then maybe we need to start walking together, holding each other's hands, stop being critical, start serving someone because here's the deal, and I, this is going to shock you. I'm in shock and awe. Get ready. I'm going to say this. It's going to be terrible. Marriage isn't about your fulfillment. Well, I married them so that they could accomplish all of my dreams. Marriage is about surrender. And I, and I know, listen, 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 listen. Let me, look. I know this is sensitive because there are people that try to do it the right way. And remember, we all have a free will. So other people are making choices too. But here is what I'm telling you. The way marriage grows is the husband lays down his life for the wife. That means, come on, does it make sense? Like I'm gonna put all of my things that make me, I'm gonna put those to the side and I'm gonna love you like Christ loved the church. Come on, somebody. And so that doesn't mean that golf, that doesn't mean that work, that doesn't mean that motorcycles, that doesn't mean that horseback, no, no, no all of those stuff don't come. Come on, listen, before my, <laughs> Listen, like, like, this is what's first. And then the back of that is that the wife begins to serve the husband. Come on, listen. As the head. And so we want order in marriage, but we can't stop fighting. We want order in our single life. 
But, but here's the deal. For you to multiply in your single life, and I want to let you know that there are no second-class citizens in this church. If you're married, great. God has a plan for you. If you're single, great. God has a plan for you. But here's what I'm telling you is if you want to multiply, there's got to be order. Order. And so I'm setting margins. I'm setting budgets. I'm setting some things. I'm beginning to deal with what I can. I'm overcoming areas. I'm finding my purpose. I'm believing that God can use me in this season just as much as any other season. Come on, help me. Order. You want to have a relationship with your teenage son or daughter? You want to see that multiplied? Maybe there needs to be some order. What am I saying? I'm saying that maybe we need to have a little movie night and maybe dad needs to come in fun and not grumpy. And maybe mom needs to decide that even though internally I am totally stressed out, I'm going to sacrifice so that we can eat whatever it is. Ramen, you can make ramen fun. Come on, ramen and M&M's, <laughs> Elf. <laughs> Elf. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the fact of the matter is, it, don't, it can be pizza, it can be ramen, it don't matter. It can, it can be soup. But the fact of the matter is, it's quality. The phones are up. We've decided to have fun, and guess what? There's no lessons today. See, we would have fun if you weren't like you. <laughs> Everybody can say that. Come on, help me. But if we want to multiply, then we got to have order. And order means I'm going to be in relationship with you, and there's some things that I may not say so that we can have a fun time. Come on, help me. Y'all, this is good preaching. I'm just telling y'all, come on. Over the last year, we've moved into more order. Order. Uh, we don't want anybody serving more than three Sundays in a row. We want you to come to church. We want you to refresh Come on, we, we, we found that out. We want you to have a refresh Sunday. We want, uh, there are more leaders that are going to start just emerging, and they have over this last year. But let me just tell you, everybody's not going to come to Katie and I for everything. We have moved into order. We got Adam and, and Courtney and Devin and Sydney, and we got countless other people here that are leading. We have freedom groups to disciple people when they come in. It's because we're called to equip the believers because we realize that you can only uh, excel in your purpose as you are free. In 2019, we brought order into our life groups, and as we've gotten bigger, they've gotten smaller. How many of y'all have seen that over the last couple of years? They're getting smaller. Why? Because we realize that we don't want to be a church with a bunch of walls. We want there to be connection. We want there to be connection. Our finances are within the margins set by the board. Ministry is happening. There is order and there will be multiplication. And come, let me just tell you this. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Order precedes multiplication. I want you to watch this video real quick and then we're going to end up. Come on. You, you guys ready? Y'all turn down the lights and let's watch this video. Um, I know like just kind of at the beginning of it like we were struggling we we she didn't have a job yet 
I had a job. And I'm like thinking, man, there's no way. Like, I know I'm supposed to provide for my wife, but like, I'm looking at my paycheck and I'm like, this ain't gonna cut it. Initially, our first thing is like, okay, like we have to make a plan. And that plan for us was like, just getting a budgeting plan. Um, you remember that credit card uh, from Walmart we had? And we was like, man, we're gonna get this paid down. And we sat there and we realized one night that like how much interest was coming out and like we were putting this money and it wasn't even going toward the principal and we were like we had a moment <laughs> i ran into the bedroom and shut the door and started crying and i'm like i'm sitting there i'm like dang because like, i did is... not and it was my credit card like i had brought that into our marriage and i think for me too that night was the first time i really saw the tie that money has to your heart and your emotions so we got that budget laid out and we went I think like little victory by little victory, we went from that like struggling and we started like seeing us, we're like, we're, we're surviving yeah. and we're at the end of the week and all the money isn't gone. We got some stuff that we could put into savings. Tithing is like something that like was essential through all of that because we could have like, when we were in the like struggling, it could have been like, man, if we tithe, we won't have anything. The principle of tithing is like first and best. And um, it's so essential because it just shows the condition of your heart and how much you trust God and how much you want him to be involved, um, not only in the area of finances, but in every area of, of our lives. And so we just decided from the get go, okay, this is what we have. This is what we can tithe. And we're just going to do it. And we knew the importance of obeying the Lord in that and having faith in Him. Um, I think there's story after story that has like shown God's faithfulness. Um, whether someone paying for a lunch, um, whether someone um, buying a car battery, um, whether whether like times where like we don't even know where the blessing comes from. And it's just been really, really great because seeing examples of people being generous inspired, I feel like has inspired us to want to pursue that. I remember the very first time someone called me and said they were blessing us like towards our future house. I was just in tears, yeah. not because, oh my gosh, money, but because, wow, I want to be in that position. I want to be able to say, this is not for me, this is from God. And like, yeah. it was just such a touching moment. That's when I really realized, okay, I wanna do well in these areas and prepare myself so that when God says, do this, move here, give here, like we're able to do it because we've prepared. It's like any any gift or talent that God has given us, uh, laying, laying it there saying, okay, God, you do with it what you will. And we wanna, we wanna be a part of that. We wanna be a part of something that's bigger um, than just our lives. Every time I wake up and I walk around my house, this is like a sign of God's faithfulness. Like yeah. we never would have gotten here yeah. without that. He's gonna provide and we don't even know that we need to be provided for. Yeah. Come on, y'all give them a big hand. They, uh, that Stephen is our worship leader. 
Um, uh, Lindsay, his wife, helps us in the back with the computer, and they just had their baby. Come on, anybody see that? They just had their baby. Was so excited for them as they're starting their family. I want to give you three keys real quick, Ben. Y'all can go ahead and come up. The first key to multiplication, we're talking about multiplication. The first is this that we see in Scripture. Seeing the need puts you in position to act. Can I tell you this, church family? As long as you come to this church, here is what I'm praying. I'm praying that you see need. Because we think that if the church or if our family or if whatever was functioning at a high rate, there would be no need. But here's the deal. We're always attracting, come on, the hopeless, and we're always trying to feed the hungry, so there will always be need. Come on, somebody. Here is the bigger concept, is the 12 had to go outside them to meet the need. We got some incredible leaders here. If y'all don't know Devin and Sydney, if y'all don't know Adam and Courtney, if y'all don't know some of our dream team, I'm just telling you that we have some incredible leaders here. But here is what I want you to know. What is coming may not be able to be in their capacity to meet the need. You may have been here three months or four months or five months and there's a calling on your life and here's the deal. You may not know this, but we, we may have been waiting for you. If you find yourself at home frustrated about what your family needs to do, it's on you. I'm just so mad our family doesn't get together. Figure out how. I'm just so frustrated that our church doesn't have. Come on, because it doesn't make sense. Because needs are going to arise and the way that God multiplies because it could have very much been insider, the 12 and Jesus and we can figure everything out because we have Jesus and we have this great organizational flow and system when all of a sudden there's a little boy that woke up that had a little snack pack, come on, and that's the dude we need? Like all of these spiritual giants, men of God, women of God, you know, like all of these awesome people and the snack pack kid is the one that's coming to the rescue. You don't know that you could be a missing part of what God is doing here. The children's area, the worship, the life groups. Come on, welcome Matt, showing up, coming. Don't be so quick to be discouraged and frustrated. Remember I told you, you're always going to find people in problems. You're always going to find people who are hungry and people who are battling hopelessness. As we grow. Here's what I want you to see. There are needs that are going to be here. I want to start two night services this next year. You will see us do that. Night services. Why do I want to do that? It's been on my heart for about three years to do this because we are live in Northwest Arkansas and there is a lot of expendable money 
And so people are traveling, people are leaving, people are going, people are having to work over the weekends, and they can't come to church on Sunday morning. And so here's the deal. I want to provide an opportunity for those that want a church experience. Come on. And we are going to do the same experience on Sunday night as we've been doing on Sunday morning. And here's what you're thinking. Well, why do we even need that? Because when we give, it multiplies. I'm so excited. I'm going to come do a night service. I'm not going to wear a jacket. You may find me in tennis shoes. We're going to throw down. But here's the idea is that it's going to train more leaders. We're going to grow more people. God's going to do. We're going to have a totally separate band. One worship band's going to do Sunday morning. The next one's going to come in around 3 o'clock. They're going to practice. They're going to do. We're going to have the exact same thing except for, come on, because the, the church is called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and I refuse to be stagnant. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.